it going, everyone? This is Precisely Podcast, a podcast about beer and video games. I'm your host, Bo, and with me, as always, my dynamite cop to your Dreamcast. How are you, Kelly? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. It's uh, It's been a while since we recorded our last episode. We recorded that one very early with Tyler. Yeah. Feels like uh, forever since I've recorded a podcast. How does this right? work? I know. It's weird. (laughs) (laughs) So what's new with you? I mean, can I say like you got married? I know. Yeah, That's a lot new going on. Yeah. Um, I will get the information out at the beginning of the episode. We basically um, so uh, I am leaving my current job in uh, the next coming weeks and uh, need to secure some health care. So we just bumped our timeline up a little bit, got legally married with a small group of people, just like our parents and like two immediate friends. And my sister um, got married in our backyard on Halloween. And we all dressed up in costumes and we had a little Zoom call with my family and it was super cool and like really low key. And um, honestly, We'll do the big thing once the COVID stuff is all over, but like it's been pretty chill. It's like nothing has changed. I feel yeah, like I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I am now I, legally off the market. Congrats! Thank you. Yeah, I like saw the post. I don't know. I think it said like 17 hours ago, and I was like, oh, geez, like what the hell? Where have I been? No, we didn't tell anybody. Yeah. <laughs> like we and didn't then, we didn't yeah. tell anybody. Like I emailed my family like two days ahead of time, like, hey, if you're free, you know, just hop on this Zoom call really quick. We're getting married. <laughs> so who married you? So uh in the state of Pennsylvania, I don't know if you know this, but we have a law because we were founded by the uh Quaker people. Uh-huh. And um you can legally get married in the state of Pennsylvania. If you have um, a license that is a self-uniting ceremony and you just need two witnesses to sign it, you don't need to have a judge or uh, like religious leader present or officiant or like registered officiant to marry you. So that's what we did. Um, We kind of just had my sister say a couple things and then we each read each other uh, some vows that we wrote and then that was it. And we just signed a paper. Yeah. And your sister was dressed up as like a zombie, right? She was like Did Beetlejuice, I... like a okay. female Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. She went all out. She was loving it. She was That's living awesome. for it. But yeah. Um, and that... then Scott was dressed up. I don't know if you saw the movie um, Hubie Halloween on Netflix. No, I haven't. It's an Adam Sandler movie, and I'm not a huge Adam yes, Sandler fan. Yes, I did. I, okay. Yes, I just saw it. Yes. Okay. okay yes. Yeah. I really liked that movie. He loved it. It just came out, right? Yeah, it just came out right before Halloween. So he whipped together a little Hubie Halloween costume and it was cute. And I just Uh, wore like a skeleton outfit and that was cool. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Now I got to look at the Instagram again because I watched it after you guys got married. So I didn't put two and two together. I don't know if I posted a picture of us in our costumes on Instagram. I don't know if I did. I'm looking at his Mm. real quick. No, maybe not. Maybe not. But. I should. I'll, I'll have to send you some. Yeah, my my mom showed up dressed like Frida Kahlo, which was pretty great. That's amazing. She's I really, love her. She's really into Frida, so she like took that and ran with it. And um, yeah, it was pretty fun. And then I had like I said, my family showed up on Zoom, and I told them, you know, you can dress up if you want or whatever. And 
everybody's wearing like funky hats or whatever. And it was just a good time. We all had some drinks and that sounds amazing. Some food. And it was, it was a really good time. It was just like a small amount of people and really low key. It's kind of exactly what we wanted. Yeah. And you probably like didn't feel anxious at all, really. Maybe a little bit, but like nothing like planning a wedding and having a bunch of people over and everything. And especially since you did it in your backyard too, it's like the most comfortable area to you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's exactly right. I think uh, it was the best way to do that because I think both of us are kind of, I mean, we're truly introverts at heart. Like we don't want. You guys are. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. We are truly like we don't want the spotlight on us or anything. So we were just like, oh, this is great because we don't really have to do anything. And my one friend was like, what do you need me to do? What can I do? And I'm like, dude, I literally don't need anything from you. Like we're putting out some food and we have food ordered and like a cake or like nothing has to be done. Like Like we need a bag of chips and that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Like just show up and that's all. That's all. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. It was perfect. Congrats. Good for you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, let's get into the beer since we love beer. And yes. we love talking while drinking. Yes. We drank. How many beers did we drink on the last podcast? Like six or seven? <laughs> we had like six beers between the three of us. Yeah. It's God, six it was so beers. good. Oh, it was so, so good. So good. So my parents came over like a few days after that weekend, um, after we recorded that podcast with Tyler. And my dad brought over an 11.99% barrel aged pumpkin beer. Oh, my it was God. Like, it was in like a pretty much like the equivalent of a fifth you know yeah but it was beer but it had like like the a cork in it with a wire cage and the foil Hmm. super fancy i forget the name of it i posted about it on my stories but oh my god it was so good it was even better than the barrel aged one that we had that we got drunk on that was good though it was so oh my god i was just like man i fucking love pumpkin beer i know i know and since you said that, I'm actually drinking one of my favorite pumpkin beers right now. Well, tell me about it. I'm drinking the Shipyard Pumpkinhead. Hell yeah. I believe it is a staple in the uh, pumpkin beer community. Um, it is. But yeah, it's brewed by Shipyard Brewing from Rochester, New York. It's a 4.5%. It's a very pumpkin-y flavored beer. Like I feel like it's a good balance um, between the spice and the pumpkin flavor just really a smooth and not too heavy like it's 4.5 so you could have a couple of these and you'd be good you know you're not on your ass like you you had like the barrel aged one or something so i think this is a really smooth beer for uh, a low alcohol content and very tasty but it's definitely one of my favorites to have every year that's awesome i'm sipping on anchor brewery uh anchor brewing Christmas ale. It says Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. It's just like their Christmas ale that they come out with every year. I think it slightly changes up almost like Trogues does with uh, Mad Elf a little Uh bit. I'm on their website right now. It says our annual Christmas ale is subtly spiced. Oh my God, I can't pronounce any of these words. Sumptuous. Subtly spice and sumptuously smooth winter warmer. This year's brew marks the 46th annual release of this Anchor holiday tradition. Wow. Back in 1975, Anchor released the first holiday beer in America since Prohibition. 
Year after year, Anchor creates a new secret recipe with a unique hand-drawn label for their Christmas ale. But the intent with each brew remains the same. Joy for the changing seasons and celebration of the newness of life. With a heavily guarded confidential recipe, Christmas ale is sold only from early November to mid-January. The 2020 Anchor Christmas Ale is a one-of-a-kind featuring the highest ABV at 7% and darkest appearance of any vintage. Yet, this year's release is easy drinking and approachable for everyone at a holiday gathering or virtual event. So, is it heavily guarded like the 11 herbs and spices from the, like, only, like, three people know, but they only know parts of the recipe and they can't travel on planes together? Yeah, I think honestly, like I like that idea, you know, like you have a a type of beer that you make every year, but it's slightly different. You know, it's like maybe I'll add mm-hmm. like like spruce, you know, to it or like fur, like an actual like tree fur, you know. Right. Um, It's good. It's definitely a winter warmer. I've had a couple this week. I bought a six pack and uh, yeah, I, I didn't even realize it was a winter warmer. Like I was just thinking, you know, like a brown ale or something. But now that it says winter warmer, that's more like sort of like on the porter side, red ale side of mm. things, um, like a combination of the two. But it's really good. Uh, really yeah. like a lot of different spices. It tastes like Christmas, essentially. That's awesome. I um, in the Christmas talk, I've I've switched over from Halloween to Christmas physically. Like decoration uh, wise, yeah, or like, what? It was nice this week, so I mean, put the Christmas lights out. When you take the Halloween lights down, it's like you might as well put the Christmas lights up at the same time if it's nice. So physically, I've switched, but beer wise, I haven't switched yet. I'm still on the pumpkins, so I'm looking forward to uh, a lot of the winter lagers and ales and stuff yeah. that they have out. Um, I was in—I know we were talking about before we recorded, but I was in Giant. Uh, the other day getting groceries and I saw that for the first time um, I I think I've ever seen and I think for the first time ever uh, Trogues is doing like a like you know how they do like those seasonal multi-packs like where they have like five brews mm-hmm. and like yeah. bottles of each or whatever where they do cans now and I don't remember how many's in the pack but there's like six or seven different flavors in this winter pack and it's including I think it's two of each two cans of mad elf in the oh, wow. in the like multi-pack which is unheard of because before you could only just get them in the six pack or the case or whatever yeah. so and they're doing cans too as well they're not just doing bottles of mad elf they're doing cans as well now that's cool so yeah i'm glad to see that they're you know branching out but uh, i'm also interested to see that uh this year's recipe how it compares because i always yeah, like too. to taste them I don't think I tried last year's Mad Elf. Um, I know I've said it before, but I still have these bottles of Mad Elf in my like closet area downstairs um, that are probably like five or six years old now. Yeah, man, those have got to be pretty, pretty potent by now. <laughs> potent or skunky, who knows? But I think, yeah. No, they age because I've kept mine for like a year. Like I usually keep one for a year and try it and it ages. It doesn't skunk. So. Yeah. So, talking about beer and skunky beer, though, uh, remember that Oktoberfest beer that we drank on the last podcast Yeah, that tasted like a sour? Yeah. Definitely had other ones, mm-hmm. and none of them tasted as sour. Like, I had... That one. The, yeah, the one 
So the next one that I cracked open, like it took me at least a week to like want to drink it again because I'm never really in the mood for a sour. Right. And like Kayla packed them up for me when we were going over to my sister's house. I was like, nope. I took them out of the cooler. I was like, I'm not ready for this. (laughs) And then like a week later, I cracked one open. I'm like, well, this tastes like an Oktoberfest. Like this tastes good. Like, cool. Um, And then I cracked open another one a couple days after that. And it definitely was like a lager that soured mm-hmm. a little bit, but not like crazy like the first time we had one. So like they were all like very different, but yeah. I think they did come from the same batch, honestly. It's just maybe like some of them got too much air in them. Yeah, maybe. You know? I don't know. Like, That's That was a weird situation. It I was. Went- and then I was also thinking maybe we drank so many pumpkin beers that this one that's like sort of off might have like no, changed our taste buds. I don't think that would have done it because okay. it was super like it was very it was, sour. Yeah. It was very different from the other ones. Yeah, that one was a little messy. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. But but still good, you know, and still fun to yeah. drink and be surprised. I don't you know, know like, if I've ever been surprised by a beer, like opening a beer and expecting one thing and getting an entirely different beer, like on accident yeah. <laughs> or because of a canning issue or something. So I think that's the first time that's ever happened to me. Yeah. I Yeah, I would say the same thing. When you said that, it reminded me of like when I ordered, a, I think they're called G14s or something from Sweetwater. And it's like this like marijuana strain beer. Oh, OK. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I ordered one at Brew House down the street from us and uh and it's in front of me and I didn't take a sip yet. Forgot what I ordered and like a person walks by and I'm like, "Oh my god, did you smell him? Like he just has like pockets full of weed right now." <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh no, that's the beer that's that a beer that I ordered." <laughs> it's me. I'm the pockets full of weed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's my glass. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Well, what besides getting married, what have you been up to? Honestly, uh, I've been chilling at home. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I had uh, an exposure to somebody who had tested positive at work. Oh, um, no. So, yeah, I had to quarantine. I'm kind of in the middle of it right now. Um, had to get a COVID test for the first time. And that's not that bad. Don't let the people who are putting stuff up your nose scare you. It wasn't that was bad. It, was it? Up the nose, like touching the brain one? No, uh, it was like I went to CVS and they gave you like a cotton swab and you just stick it up your nose like pretty far and just twirl it around for a little bit and let it sit there. Uh. Yeah. No, it's not that bad. It just kind of makes your nose tickle. But uh, yeah, so I got negative results on that, which is good. And um, yeah, so but I've just been hanging out. I mean, honestly, it's given me time to do a lot of stuff like around the house and um been catching up on tv shows and stuff like that (laughs) and it's been super nice this week so taking some walks and you know enjoying the weather it's Um, been insanely warm in pennsylvania right like this week it was like in the 70s this week it was 75 today yeah i wore shorts to work yeah it's been wildly nice um but yeah it's been i i think it's been nice to be home for a little bit um get a little break a little quarantine vacation but yeah. um that's pretty much what i've been doing nice how about you I, uh i went to philly last weekend and saw our old co-host tony tony he's alive and well that's just always so good. All, all of our listeners know he's doing good 
<laughs> he has a beautiful apartment in Philly with his lovely girlfriend Rose. Um, and they just got a new cat. Oh. Or or their first cat. Um, it's a Persian cat that is really fluffy and furry, but they shaved its body. So oh only its head and feet and its like end of its tail. Dude, it got the lion cut. Fluffy. Yeah. Oh my god. I love cats with the lion cut for oh some reason. Yeah, and this cat's just so dopey of a cat. Um <laughs> like something's wrong with it probably. But it's like it's also old. It's like nine or ten years old. Aww. They they adopted it, sort of rescued it. I guess it was like a farm cat, and then Ooh. they left it at the farm because it was old. Someone did. And then it went to an adoption uh clinic or whatever and they got it. But it it's one of those cats that like always has its tongue out. Oh my god. It's probably yeah. just because it's getting old and it like is losing teeth or something, maybe. Maybe. It it's so cute though. But like we bought it a bunch of toys and we're trying to play with it. And it's just like, nah, I'm good. Like I'll just I'll just stand here. Like I'll look at it, you know, but I'm not gonna play with you. Cats are such assholes. I love I it. I know. <laughs> oh. oh my god. That's but great. Like, like my cats in my house, like when I put my boots on and I'm sitting on the couch and I'm tying the shoelaces, they both go crazy for the shoelaces. And they're both like seven years old now. So it's like, I don't understand. I, I just think some cats love playing and some cats don't, you know. There, uh, our old cat, um, he was, he would only play, like we bought him toys and he'd bat them around occasionally, but like the only thing he would actually play with was like a piece of string. Like you could play with a yeah. physical piece of string with him and he'd go nuts. But like, if you were like, here's this, um, I don't know, catnip filled like mouse, he'd be like, mm, I don't know about that, <laughs> but yeah, string, I I'm ready. <laughs> I feel like some cats love catnip. Like it makes them go crazy. And other cats are just like, nah, man, like I'm straight edge. Straight you edge know? cat. Yeah. Yeah, like it just doesn't affect them the same way, or they just would rather not, you know. Yes, They're I mean, like my 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 dad, you know, my stepdad was a was a cat nipper, so try to stay uh, away from the stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go down that path. <laughs> he was also just fat and grumpy and old, so maybe that's why he didn't want to play too. He just wanted yeah. to eat. <laughs> He's like, I can't eat it. It's in, in that cloth bag. <laughs> not you interested know? unless it's food in my dish. <laughs> exactly. And if it's not in my dish, I'm screaming about it. Right. Oh, my God. So, yeah, we went to, uh, while in Philly, we went to the Eastern State Penitentiary. Have Ooh, you ever been there? No, I'd be cool to go to, though. It was really cool. I think I went there when I was really young. So, like, remember some of it? Not really. but. uh because of COVID, they didn't have like the haunted tour or like uh -huh. the the scariness, like with people dressed up. But uh, it was still fun. Uh, it was an audio like tour, so uh -huh. you had your own headphones and like this like little like MP3 player around your neck. And oh my God, what's his name? Steve Buscemi oh was <laughs> was the narrator for most no of way. it. Oh yes, <laughs> it, I don't it, know if I can take that seriously. It was really good. Like, I like his voice, so it was really good. Um, but yeah, Al Capone was there. Mm -hmm. like he had his own cell. Bunch of people, like, people for, like, the like the slightest of crimes, you know, like, stealing milk and stuff. And, like, yeah, yeah, 
just ridiculous stuff that you learned about. But it, it was a lot of fun. They actually filmed some of Twelve Monkeys there. If you're familiar with that movie, oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, I know that place has a pretty detailed history, and I feel like every time I hear about it, I hear something like di- like different. Like I learn something different about yeah. it. It'd be cool yeah. to go visit. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was something different to do. So yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. So besides that, what games have you been playing? I feel like we haven't had a podcast where it's just been you and me in a long time, and it works out. Like we had some guests lined up, but things happen with them, and that's fine. So like, I'm actually looking forward to this. Yeah, podcast because I've been playing a lot since the last time we've talked about like games that we've been playing. Yeah, um, yeah, because so we yeah. didn't we didn't really touch on much of it recently. Um, yeah, yeah, at least on the last podcast we didn't because no. it's all horror base. No, um, I'm in a weird spot with my games right now, and I know mm-hmm. I do this like once a year, and I'm sure a lot of people who play a lot of games hit that. I feel like people hit that with their hobbies, but like I'm at my part of my year where I'm like burned out on games and then it'll be that way for like a couple of weeks and I'll get back into it. But right now it's like, I look at everything and I'm like, I don't know what I want. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know what I, I played all these and these are my like comfort games and these are the games that I love and I could go play that again. Or I could try something new, but it's also like, I don't want to start something new, but then I also don't want to play the same thing I've been playing. It's a weird spot where you just like, don't want to do it for some reason, but like inherently you do. Like I'm sitting there, like I really want to play a game, but I can't figure out what I want to do. So then I just sit there and then I end up not playing the game. Do you think that this is seasonal? Like that it, that it's around this time every year for Um, you? I don't think so because usually when it starts to get colder, I start to game more. Okay. Uh, because you're inside more and like mm-hmm. inherently less things are going on if the world wasn't in a pandemic. So, yes. <laughs> but I feel like this year it's hitting now because I've been gaming so much from March until now because you have nothing else to do. I'm just like, yeah. I've hit a wall. And I kind of want to throw it out to the world right now. Like I want a recommendation of something that's going to light that spark because I want, like I want to dive into a game and I want it to be good. I want it to catch me that I haven't played yet. And so I have something that's going to like envelop me for a little bit. Okay. But I don't know what it is and I can't figure it out. Like, so I still newest game I started recently I started playing that new Crash Bandicoot game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, it's definitely got a lot of the same mechanics. I don't know. Have you played any of it at all or have you seen any of it? No, actually, I haven't seen any of it, but I'm guessing most Crash Bandicoot games are like Crash Bandicoot games, yeah, it's right? It's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one thing that they've added this time is like you have this other shield. And he has the ability to change, quote unquote, dimensions. So there are things in front of you that aren't necessarily there until you hit the button and then they appear. So you have to, there's a lot of timing based in this game, which can be frustrating uh, as a platformer. Like if you keep doing the same thing over and over and you just can't Mm -hmm. hit the timing because you'll be in midair and you have to hit the button to make the platform appear underneath you at the right time or else you'll fall. You know, and like, yeah, it's a lot of timing. 
and just like a lot of tricky like button movement like just yeah. remembering what you have to do in order to make something appear so the one thing i do like is because of that they implemented a version where you can switch it between like the retro version where you get x many lives and you get a game over or you can just respawn at a checkpoint unlimited and then it'll just tally up how many times you died at the end of the level (laughs) so like you can you can learn your timing appropriately on that like you don't have to keep getting game overs and starting from the beginning of level that'd be super frustrating with this but like you could die 20 times finally get the timing down and then proceed to the rest of the level without any issues like you don't have to go back or whatever but then also it gives you that like you're kind of stuck there for a little bit until you get your timing right so So do you think this one is like more difficult than past crash games um i think it's it's comparable but it's just it whereas the first you know the the traditional crash games is just jump spin slam kind of thing this is jump spin slam you got like grinding on the rails you can go up and down and swing left and right and then you can like change dimensions and things appear and it's just like a lot to remember so once i think you get in the mindset you're good but to get there it's like a bit of a hump gotcha yeah i can see that yeah especially like with me when it comes to video games if i get to one spot where i'm just like i've done it so many times like if it's a boss or if it's a puzzle and I'm just like so frustrated and so over it. Sometimes I just move on to the next game, which is like my total demise when it comes to video gaming. Yeah, because it's like I could be so close. I could be, you know, three quarters of the way through the game. But then I don't go back to it because this one part subconsciously got me so frustrated and consciously. But like subconsciously, it's like, nah, just play something else that you can get through. Right. Yeah. I agree. I, I do the same thing. Um, but a lot of the times I've been trying to get myself to just pause, walk away from the game yeah. and then come back to it maybe like a couple minutes later after taking a break and then retry it. And then usually I'll be able to get whatever it is. But I just get so frustrated that like you keep messing up because you're frustrated. So you just need to take like, yeah, I'm learning to take the break and then come back to it. And then, yeah, sometimes it's better just doing it the next day too. Yeah, no. And sometimes it takes a day break. Yeah. A lot of these, a lot of platformers, like when I get stuck, I'll take a day, come back to it and then go from there. But yeah, yeah, no, that's pretty much like really, I mean, it's pretty much the newest thing I've played. Um, But yeah, I mean, honestly, I'll, leave it open to the community of listeners or you if anybody has a um recommendation of new or old game to just grab my attention and pull me back in i feel like i'm lost out at sea right now (laughs) looking for something to play well i definitely have a recommendation um on a shorter game like it's not going to take you long right that's you want to hear yeah no that's good all right so have this later in my notes but i'll talk about now uh it's called a short hike it's for the nintendo switch it's an indie game it graphically it really reminds me of animal crossing Mm -hmm. it's very like cute animal characters you're like this little bird and you're like at a campground campsite on this island and you can fly like you you can't fly upwards but you can glide essentially wherever so like your gliding will slowly like you know decrease in levels so that way you can like 
get to certain other areas. If you're up high, you can glide to that area down there. Okay. But uh, you talk to a bunch of other animal characters. They're like, yeah, if you want to hike up here, you know, it, the best spot is to like get to the top of the mountain, but you need gold feathers. So you find gold feathers and it's a 3D game, um, but it's very uh, like graphically, you can change the fidelity of the graphics and the bit bits of it like you can make it real chunky and like old school looking but like i put it up to like the finest like bit so it's like the smallest bits i guess and mm-hmm. it looks really smooth and clean so it looks like animal crossing um okay. and this was for the nintendo switch it's only seven dollars or maybe even less um but yeah you it's like fetch quests little mini games like there's this like game where you like it's like volleyball but stick ball but with a volleyball net and you just have to Make sure that you hit the ball back to the other person and you don't need a high score or anything. But like if you get a high score, you get a baseball cap that you can wear. It doesn't do anything for you. Like there's no like dying or like equipment stats or anything like that. It's just, oh, you can wear a hat now, you know. Um, But you find these gold feathers that help you climb higher up the mountain. And they also allow you to flap your wings. So if you have three gold feathers, feathers you can flap your wings three times so it does get you a little higher but it also helps your stamina too for climbing um i probably beat it in like three hours or less oh that sounds good but i didn't collect everything so like i can go back and gather more Mm -hmm. uh the soundtrack was great too like when you get higher up on the mountain like it gets more intense music you know like a storm's coming so like the higher you are, the snow's coming down harder and like your gold feathers that help you climb or fly essentially freeze. So you can't fly anymore, but you can still climb. Um, just like a bunch of like little things like that. It is really cute, really fun. And for less than seven dollars, it's totally worth it. Even if it even if you beat it in two hours, you know, like to me, that was like a good price point for how short it is. Right. You know? Yeah, that reminds me. I was thinking about. The other day, I was thinking about buying the uh, Donut Country game that you recommended to me because I oh, thought so that, might, that might do it for me to bring me but back that's in. All, that's also another like two hour game. Yeah. So yeah. maybe maybe I need a quick game to get the uh, the serotonin boost of beating a game to bring me back. Maybe I need like a quick yes. a quick one because I I like dive into these big open world games because yeah. that's all there is anymore. I feel like and they're too much and it's so much and then you lose interest. And then, mm-hmm. but yeah, cause I was like looking on my shelf and I was like, is this the time that I finally start that new God of war game that I, <laughs> Oh my God, you should have played that game. Have you started that? No, because I'm like, it's such a, <sighs> it's such a, a consuming game that it's like, it, I'm, it might be the one I do next. I don't know. Honestly, it's been sitting there, and I've been—I looked at it, and I've been looking at it this week, thinking about it a lot. So I might do it. I recommend you playing that game. I've been wanting to go back to it, mm-hmm. um, but for a big game, I think I'm going to actually try to start Horizon Zero Dawn again yeah. since a new one will be coming out here like next year. Um, and I—do you own that game, Horizon? No, but I—I've I, heard many of yeah. things about it yeah so i like i started it when right before breath of the wild and the nintendo switch came out and it was so hard to like go from one to the other mm-hmm. and i ultimately went with breath of the wild i was like this makes more sense to me right but now i feel like i can go to horizon zero dawn and like 
really like sit down and enjoy it nowadays. And I listened to a podcast strictly about it. And I was like, yeah, I want to play this again. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah, definitely play God of War. It's so good. I Honestly. Yeah. You'll love it for how big of a world it is. There's so much lore and new things that are going on that you're just going to like, just fall in love with it. Like a, a good novel, honestly. Yeah. It, it sounds like, and it has always sounded like a game that I would like. It just never made it to the top of my let's play this list. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. there was always something that was like higher up. And I think we, we finally reached the point where we can do that now. Yeah. And that's a game that Scott would probably enjoy watching while you Mm -hmm. played too. Like, Kayla absolutely loved watching me play it because there's so much like storytelling and like mythology and like just crazy big scaled monsters. You're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. I feel like he he never comes in and like watches me play games. He'll like come in and like annoy me while I'm playing games like on purpose. Yeah. (laughs) And like like today he came in and I was playing some Crash and he was like, oh yeah, Spyro is such a great game. And I was like, get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, while you're playing Crash, he said, uh, he's funny. (laughs) But yeah, no, he's, he's, uh, he's deep into his, uh, I guess since it's winter time, it's his Diablo time. So he plays a lot of Diablo mm. in the winter. Um, so he's deep in that right now. But yeah. Interesting. Yeah. He's a he's a Blizzard guy at heart. He's all StarCraft, Overwatch, Diablo. Yeah. yeah he loves it. Good for him. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I've been playing a bunch of different games and sort of in the sort of same rut as you. Like one day, it was one Sunday that, you know what? It was. The day after Halloween, the day after you got married, I was so hungover, I think. And I couldn't get satisfied off of one game. So mm-hmm. I just started playing so many different games and starting all these different games and and loving it. But now I want to like keep playing all of them. But it's hard to like figure which one do you want to play. Yeah, prioritizing that backlog yeah. is so hard. So one of the games that I played was Eternal Darkness for the GameCube, which mm-hmm. I believe we talked about on the last podcast. Even though I'm not a horror person, uh, Ill Bleed, I guess, sort of like got me thinking like, all right, things aren't that scary, especially when it comes to like that era of video games where it's not like crazy graphics, you know, but Eternal Darkness for the GameCube. uh, It's really cool. It's like a point and click, but also like action adventure game where like you have to like look at everything, read everything, has a lot of lore. But it's also very clunky. It's very slow. Seems like there's a lot of dead skeletons in every room that you go into. And you just got to slash them and keep slashing them until they die. And then even after they die, they might come back to life. So you got to make sure you press the B button so that they completely die when they're on the ground. But uh, it it's a fun game. Do I recommend it? Not yet. I want to <laughs> I want to keep going back to it because I feel like. Like I only got like past the first chapter and I think more things start happening uh, then like where you have like an insanity meter like just popped up. So like your insanity will come up and it's sort of like it'll bleed in that sense where like if it goes too crazy, like you start hallucinating Hmm. within the game and like what you're seeing visually as a viewer isn't exactly what's going on in the game. So like I just got 
to that point, but like it got too clunky and too weird for me that I was like, I need to put this down and try something else. So I started Dragon Quest 11 for the PS4, which I heard is one of the longest games ever, but I'm really liking it. Uh, minus the bad voice acting, it's all British accents oh. and it's not good. Like, especially for like Dragon Quest games where uh, the same artist does Dragon Ball Z. So you see like the familiar faces mm-hmm. of that. But now they have British accents and you're like, ah, it just doesn't work. You know? <laughs> um, but it's good. It's a very tropey RPG. Like Dragon Quest, Dragon Warrior game started the whole RB- RPG genre. So it's like check all the bookcases, check everything for items, you know, mm-hmm. attack, wait, attack, wait. It, it's just what you expect from an RPG, but it, it's good. I like it. Nice. Uh, so I played a little bit of that and then I've been playing this new game that I've been wanting to talk about for a while now, but haven't really had the time to. This is a brand new game for the Game Boy. I told you about it mm-hmm. when I first got it. It's called Dragonborn. It's an RPG game with simple mechanics. Looks very similar to Link's Awakening, except you go into cutscenes for battles. So it it is an RPG in that sense. It's a lot of fetch quests and puzzles to figure out. Very simple puzzle since it's on the original Game Boy. But it's been a lot of fun. Uh, the company is SpaceBot Interactive. So if anyone's listening to this and wants this game, they're doing another pre-order for it because they sold out of their first batch. So this pre-order, I believe, only goes until November 30th. And when this is released, it'll be the 14th of November. So you only have two weeks to pre-order it. And I got mine like probably two weeks after the deadline of the pre-order um but it's a super fun game and like for being a game that came out on a system like 30 years ago it's well done like the music's really good the quests are good i talked to the developer we wanted to have him on but he uh just had a baby so congrats to you man uh so he could not come on to the podcast but Hopefully we'll have him on soon to talk about that because I know he's doing some other things. He was doing a demake of uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time for the Game Boy, which is really cool. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be releasing that or not, but he has a bunch of like little side things that he's doing. That's pretty cool. I like that. I like uh, sometimes when um, people either like Photoshop or whatever, like newer games onto like Mm -hmm. older cartridges and stuff like that and i try to like imagine how that game would look on that older system yeah i think it's pretty cool that people like or they make a picture of it or whatever like what they think it would be i like when people do that i think that's really fun yeah so what i saw of ocarina of time that he's doing was what's the area it's like right in the beginning of karakaka village or whatever it's called uh where there's like four tunnels that you can go through, but you have to like go through the one that like has music going towards it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So he was doing that part. So like it looked like Link's Awakening on the Game Boy or Game Boy Color, but with that map layout. And I was like, I know exactly where he is right now. Like this is crazy. Yeah. Like that's so cool that even though it's like descaled and stuff, yeah. You know exactly what's happening yeah and he was just using like the same sprites from Link's awakening but it works so well that's so great. i don't think he's actually able to make a cartridge of it maybe he'll do a rom for a download but either way uh the game dragonborn that 
he did develop that you can get it CIB. I got mine CIB. Uh, I believe he's like out of the UK or or Sweden. Is Sweden hmm. a, a country? No. Yeah. Yes. It is, right? All right. Yeah. I was like, did I just say language? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Germany or UK, somewhere like that. Uh, yeah. Dragonborn. Check it out. It's really cool. It, it's very, there's parts of it where like, I wasn't the biggest fan. Like I kept dying and being like, God damn it. Like, I don't want to keep playing this where like I attack, he attacks, I attack, he attacks, but now he just critical hit me, you know, and now I'm dead. And now I have to start from my last save, you know, and it happened like multiple times. So I had to make sure that I used a potion because like, I don't have any magic spells yet to, to like save my life or whatever. So Mm -hmm. like, it's all about potions it's all about like making sure you have enough money in the beginning to get these potions, but the game's built properly to like you only fight one enemy one time. Okay. You're not fighting the same enemy. It's not like a Pokemon RPG where like enemies spawn. You can see the enemies on the map and you'll only fight that that one enemy that one time. Like even if you like go back to that area, that enemy won't be there after you beat them. Huh. So mathematically, they know how much money you should have to be able to buy certain things like potions and other things um, throughout the game so that you will be fine. But in the beginning, it was a little difficult, you know, knowing when to heal myself, when to not and all that. Um, Besides that, the game that's really been sealing my heart recently is Final Fantasy V for the Game Boy Advance. Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely loving it. The sprites are beautiful. Like, the game itself looks amazing. So Final Fantasy V never came out to America until the Game Boy Advance version. Um, it came out for the Super Famicom in Japan, but it never came out on the Super Nintendo. We got Final Fantasy 3, which was essentially Final Fantasy 6 in Japan. Um, but Final Fantasy 5, it's beautiful. It's your typical RPG with a bunch of crystal shards that broke in the beginning, and you got to gather them all again. But what's cool about this is that you have a job system and an ability system. So you can choose a job for any of your characters. Like right now I have like three or four characters, I think four. And I can be like, all right, this guy's going to be a black mage. And it doesn't cost me anything to turn him into a black mage, but I level him up as a black mage until he gets certain abilities as a black mage. So then I get this like, you know, dark power for him being level five black mage. Well, now then I can change him into a white knight or whatever but then give him the ability of that black mate. So it like changes the whole dynamic of the game. And you can do like crazy, like hit points and power ups and stuff because you can constantly change your job around for each character that you have, but Hmm. keep the abilities that you've already got from the past jobs that you have. If that makes sense. Yeah. Kind of. I, I don't know too much about the final fantasy stuff. Yeah. I know generally how, how that worked yeah and like how their like battle stuff works and like how you make your teams and everything like that but i mean i don't know too much about the lore or like each specific offshoot and really i don't know much about the lore either like i've only played so much of the older versions um but it the whole job and ability system is like what makes this one a little bit different from past ones I believe, and even even the one after this, which would be Final Fantasy three for us or six, 
mm-hmm. I don't think had this job and ability thing. So it's cool to see that. Um, the other thing, the other game that I had on our list was one that I played with you. I don't think we talked about it. Maybe we did Ribbit I, King. I don't think we talked about it at all. Yeah. So do you want to talk about Ribbit King since I've been talking so much? <laughs> I I can talk a little bit about it. Yeah. Um, all right. So, oh man, what was I was like last month yeah. went over to your house just for like shits and giggles. Like we had beer and played games and like had a good time. And we played we played Point Blank and then we played Ribbit King. Yes. And uh, I knew that Ribbit King was like frog golfing. And that's all I knew about it. I've never played it before. Frothing. They call it frothing. And mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um, so I love golf mechanic games for some reason. Um, I just really like that you have to like aim it and there's obstacles and then you control how you hit the club kind of thing. Um, like generally, so like Mario golf is like my wheelhouse on that. Um, but so I expected a similar thing and I was so, so, so wrong. (laughs) Yes, me too so wrong so if you haven't played this game basically you pick any of these like weird characters and then you pick a frog and uh, there was like power-ups and stuff we never used any of that but so i'm not really sure how that works no but um so you are hitting the frog as if it was your golf ball and instead of a normal golf ball you hit it and it lands in the spot and it stays there it's a frog so it like bounces around so if it like landed in the water, it would like bounce until it got to land. Mm-hmm. And like if there was a fly, it would go like catch the fly if it saw it. So you'd get either like more forward or behind or like to a d- different side of like where you were aiming. So it was like it didn't matter where the hell you were aiming. It was just like Not the really. going to do whatever he wants. Yeah. It, so, um, yeah, you basically had to do that. And then you would like have so many strokes to get to the hole um which was just like this giant glowing hole in the middle of the course but um yeah that was pretty much the mechanics of it and we played a good couple of rounds of this game like yeah it was not like a one and done we played like four or five rounds that night and then we played it with tyler too i played it with tyler Mm -hmm. like a round or two like it definitely did not lose its luster after a little bit of it it's fun. And if you like weird Japanese games like we do, like this is definitely a game to look out for. It's a little bit on the pricier side for a retro video game. Um, last time I checked, like I know I got my copy for right under 100 on the GameCube, but they also made it for the PS2. And the PS2 version's a lot cheaper, like probably like $50, $60 range. Just GameCube games have that Nintendo tax to them, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's really fun. Like instead of golfing and like swinging your club, you're smacking a frog. <laughs> and like the character that I had was like, and, like <laughs> yeah, like I don't know what sound he made, but it was like so awkward and so weird sounding. It, but was, it was a very weirdly almost southern effeminate sounding alien. Yeah, like a queer alien. Yeah, but it, it yeah. was perfect. It was amazing. And like Kelly said, uh, the frog, where it lands, doesn't matter exactly because there's probably a fly somewhere that it sees and it will literally go that direction of the fly. And then let's say it lands in the water. Well, 
it can't stay in the water, so it has to keep going a different direction. And then if it goes onto a lily pad, the lily pads always like change direction as well. So your frog, you know, your one hit can last like five minutes long of like visuals of this frog just hopping around the map. And you're like, where the fuck is it going next? Yeah. But uh, you get a bunch of extra points for like every hop that it does too, and like everything that it catches. So it's cool. Like even if you're, you're not really necessarily going for the hole in one, I don't think that that gives you the biggest point. There what is a, there is a point advantage if you get it in less strokes, but yeah. like ultimately, I think you're right that there is like more to trying to like find the weirdest way to get there, not just like a straight yes. shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it was. I think like the first time we played, there was like one hole, and I remember like hitting it, and it went literally to the opposite side of the map, and like completely the opposite direction and i was like what the fuck i did not intend for it to go over that i was aiming at the hole and now all of a sudden i'm on the complete opposite end of the map and i don't know where i am yeah exactly totally messed you up um any other games that you've been playing uh no nothing really of note okay so before we get to the next subject of things i just cracked open a new beer you want to hear about it I do because I have to crack open a new beer, so I'll tell you after. Okay. Mine is I'm fighting my cat right now because he wants to be on my lap and my laptop is on my lap. So (laughs) my beer is Skelm, S K E L M from Evergreen. It's a double IPA and it's a crazy artwork on it. It's like an alien with a skull on top and it looks like almost like something from Futurama. It's at 8.5%, and it's damn good. You said it was a double IPA? Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of double IPAs. Yeah, they've had a lot of releases, I feel like, coming out. And They're I, killing it. And I haven't gotten any of them, and I feel bad. <laughs> yeah, I actually I got this at, I got this at the Giant that you were just at. Oh, yeah. that sounds good. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Skelm, Skelm. which is a weird, weird-ass name. I don't like the name, but whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, I just cracked up in mine. Tell me about it. Mm, God damn. All right. All right. I don't know if you've had this, but I have multiple times and it's so good. It's Lancaster Brewing Company's Baked Pumpkin Ale. Yes. Okay. So we talked about a lot of pumpkin ales last time and I just talked about one earlier, how it was like a smooth, uh, very pumpkin, basic pumpkin flavor. Yeah. This is literally pumpkin pie in your mouth. Like Yum. you can taste like there's a hint of like a whipped topping kind of flavor at the end of it. This yeah. is like more like a pumpkin roll. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, there's like a pie on the on the bottle. So I think they're more aiming for a pie, but I can see more pumpkin roll. Um so on the bottle it says, uh, have your pie and drink it too. Uh bold in flavor. With a deep amber color, our big baked pumpkin ale is sure to remind you of grandma's pumpkin pie. And uh, I don't even see what the percentage is on here. I don't even have it, but I don't think it's too much. Um, Yeah, like this is um, kind of a subtle, more subtle pumpkin flavor, but you get this hint of sweetness with it and it just really kind of evens it out. So I feel like this is also another really good one to sip on. Um, Lancaster Brewing Company is very good. 
I, I like them. Um, they're doing, yeah, we have a bunch of good breweries around us. It's crazy. Yeah, they got some good spots and uh, some good beer and food there. So this is also another one I definitely like to get in the fall um, because I know it's always going to be a quality pumpkin flavor. Right. But yeah, it's almost like a little bit more like a dessert flavored beer kind of like probably wouldn't be the one I start out with, but like the one yeah. I would end with kind of thing. Yeah, but for sure. Sweet at the end. I'm loving all these pumpkin beers though. Like this is my favorite season, not just because of the weather and stuff, even though the weather's been really warm. Like I love sweatshirt weather, but like I really like the drinks that come out right now. Yeah, it's a lot of um a lot of the beer is flavored with spices that are yeah really good like you've got nutmeg and cinnamon and mm-hmm. like this is just and it's not just beer it's like the desserts and the like flavors of food that are out right now like that you cook in the colder months it's like just hitting with those really tasty um feel good spices i like yeah. it a lot yeah i'm loving it yeah i still have like four pumpkin beers left and then i gotta transition into christmas beers <laughs> so I'm ready to buy more pumpkin beer, honestly. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make my I'm gonna make it a full stop after I finish these and then go into winter beers. Um I think that's my plan. You know my dad collects pumpkin beer? Like forever or like to yeah. drink? No, like he's not really a drinker, but he loves everything pumpkin and oh. like Halloween. Like he wrote his master's degree on Edgar Allan Poe. He loves Ooh. Sleepy Hollow. He nice. loves like the Headless Horseman and all that shit. But he also loves pumpkin beer. And oh. he might have one beer a day, like three days out of the week. Mm-hmm. But yet, if you go to his basement, he has like, sorry, he has 24. Jesus Christ. Sorry about that. He has 24 cases of different pumpkin beer. Oh, wow. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. So every time I'm over there, I'm like, all right, give me give me a six pack of something. <laughs> there you go. That's cool. Yeah. At least you know what he's into. Like with my dad, I just kind of have to like guess what he's feeling that day. But you could just be like uh, pumpkin beer all the time, all the time. <laughs> and usually he's already had it. But yeah. So any uh, recent pickups? I feel like and I know you're going to you're going to say that I'm wrong because you just had a really good haul. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's been super fucking dry around here. <laughs> I haven't seen jack shit for a decent, let me rephrase, for a decent price. I've seen uh-huh. shit all over, but it's like either way overpriced or like an accurate price yeah. for somebody who's like selling it like, you know, like yeah. we would. And I'm just like, mm. But I haven't found any good deals. And also I haven't been looking like this past week because I'm like not even looking because why would I get my hopes up when I can't even go get it kind of thing. But yeah, um, so I can't speak for this past week. But yeah, I just feel like I can't I haven't found anything recently because it's I just haven't seen anything good. Yeah, I think a lot of people are getting privy to prices, prices and everyone wants top dollar. Yeah, like literally right before I sent the invite to you to record, I had this guy call me from my GameStop buddy uh, who always gives out my number to people that wants to sell retro video games that they don't buy, which I'm fine with. Mm-hmm. He calls me. He called me this morning. He was like, I have an N64, some controllers, games, 
I'm like, cool. He left a voicemail, called him back. I left a voicemail. He gets back to me right before I send the invite to you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you have the N64. He's like, yeah, uh, my son has it. You know, he's been selling stuff on eBay and marketplace, but we still have this N64. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, what does he want for it? And he's like, well, he has a marketplace for $170. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, like an N64 for $170. Like, okay. I'm like, what games does he have with it? And he asks his son and his son says like something, something. And he's like, he has a Star Wars game with it and an expansion pack and like two controllers. I'm like, well, that's why it hasn't sold is because he's asking $170 for it. I was like, N64 goes for $50 with like cords and a controller. I was like, I'm going to give you half of that, you know, like 25, 30 bucks. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, he's like, I had no idea. I was like, yeah. I was like, if he's selling it on the marketplace, like either he just needs to lower his price or whatever. But like, I'm really not interested if he wants anything close to that. So, yeah, I can definitely see that. I think people are just trying to get top fucking dollar which is insane yeah it's weird um i think right now and i I mean i think this is probably like there's two things influencing that one obviously the pandemic like we talked about like it's a big thing for people to be selling games because they know people want games and i think more people have just been looking stuff up because of that like they want the most money they can get because not everybody is in a financially stable place right now yeah the other thing is we have two brand new systems coming out this week so people are selling old games to pay for the price of the xbox one x or the ps5 and it's like like i like i can't like i'm not paying like i saw somebody the other day we're trying to sell a ps4 like a pro for like four hundred dollars and somebody in the comments was like bro like a PS5 is not that much more than like what yeah. are you doing? Like what I could buy a brand new system and then he's like you'll never sell it for that. And it was like exactly you'll never sell it for that. Like you're gonna be sitting on this stuff. Yeah. So I'm kind of waiting to some of these people kind of get themselves together and realize they're over asking for a lot of this stuff and mm-hmm. they start coming down more, they sit on it for a while and then you're like, listen, obviously it's not selling and you need money, so let me just swoop in there and give you an offer. Yeah. And I had a friend of a friend contact me that like, I've never talked to him before, but I was like, yeah, to my friend, I was like, give him my number. That's fine. Because he was like, he has a Dreamcast for sale. I was like, yeah, I like Dreamcast. Cool. And uh, he contacted me last night and he's like, yeah, I got the Dreamcast. Like has this beautiful picture of the Dreamcast with four controllers and like three mm-hmm. VMUs. I'm like, cool. What do you want for it? Like, or my first question was, what games do you have for it? Because when it comes to collecting and buying and selling, it's the games that are usually worth more than the console itself. Right. And he was like, let me see if I can find them. And he sends me this big picture and like, it's like 18 games, but 16 of them are burnt games. Uh. And two of them are just disc only, but it's like virtual tennis and something else. Like, right. n- not, like nothing good. crazy. And he's like, so I backed up my games like years ago and I can't find the real ones. And I was like, bro, you don't need to lie to me. Like we all burnt games for that system back in the day. He's like, and he sends me a meme of like a guy just 
like looking off into the distance. <laughs> I'm like I'm like okay. Um but yeah, he wanted 75 for it, which is like okay of a deal. Right. He was like I like your podcast, like I like that you like beer and video games. Like I don't know if he listens to it all the time, but he obviously knew about it. And I was like, well, let me think about it. I was like, what else do you have? And uh, he sent me a picture of a Super Nintendo with like a bunch of basic games with it, you know, like two Super Mario Worlds, Mario All-Stars and like other junk games. I haven't asked him about those. And he was like, do you want a PS4 as well? And like to me in my head, I'm like, he just wants a newer system. Like my friend that's a mutual friend of ours just got the new Xbox. So that's what he wants. You know? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I haven't really hit him up about the Dreamcast because at 75, it's like maybe like there might be like $50 profit in that. Like, but is that even really worth it then? You know? Yeah. I mean, it's obviously and we've talked about it multiple times. It's all about like if it's worth it to you. Like, are you like how much work do you have to put into it? And like your time is also worth money kind of thing. You have to factor all that into it. So if you're really only going to make a couple bucks and you don't feel like that's enough of a margin for you, then it is what it is. But yeah, you have to kind of figure that one out on, on, on your time. Yeah. So I actually hit up our editor the other day, Sam, and I asked how he was doing. He was like, well, I'm contemplating something. And I was like, well, tell me. And he was like, I want to dive into the new Xbox with their subscription based payment thing. Mm-hmm. It's $34.99 a month for two years, getting the console, then Xbox Live and Game Pass, and it seems like a great deal. So you get the console, like you're sort of like getting it as a loan. Okay. Paying 35 bucks a month for two years, and then it's yours, but at the same time, you have Game Pass as well oh. the whole time. Huh. And he's like, yeah, it seems like a great deal considering that Game Pass Ultimate is $15 a month. So the console is actually cheaper if you are going to buy it that buy it that way anyway. Is that that through like all retailers? Like, how is that? I think it's through Microsoft. Oh, you have to go through Microsoft. But isn't that crazy? Like you can get it actually cheaper. Well, let me think about this. So if it's 20, let's say it's if it's $15 for Game Pass. So it's $20 times 24. Yeah, it's 480 bucks then for the system. Mm-hmm. No interest, no fees after two years. Huh. So you pay it off. Interesting. Within two years, and you have Game Pass and the system itself the whole time. So it's kind of like those things where you like pay per month for your iPhone, and then it's yours after. Yeah, but you're you know I mean? they getting the subscription service with it, with no, the console. Cool. Yeah, like yeah. it's great. And I'm sure if anything gets messed up with the console you can be like hey it's not working like i'm not going to pay you and i'm going to send it back and you're going to fix it you know right in that two-year window that would make sense absolutely exactly and i don't know what the usual warranty is on them like i don't know how off the top of my head i don't know how long their warranty is on their system but that seems like a two-year warranty seems pretty good for essentially free thrown in with that you know like you're just paying that monthly fee and if i'm wrong about anything that i just said sam you're listening to this, so please just record yourself and tell the listeners exactly what it is that you're talking about. Will do, Bo. So, hey, it's Sam, the Miyamoto to their Mario. I was talking about Xbox All Access, 
and it is $34.99, 24 months for the Xbox Series X that comes with Game Pass Ultimate as well as Xbox Live Gold. No upfront cost, no APR on that. Um, that being said, you do have to get approved for financing on that. Um, you can also get the Series S for $24.99 a month or even the Xbox One S for $22.99. Now, you can get this through a couple of different major retailers. Um, you can buy it directly through Microsoft if you want, but you can also do this at Best Buy, Walmart, Target, or GameStop. But the financing is handled through a financing company. And then from there, you own the console outright. Uh, you're essentially just signing up for a credit card when you, you get the console, but you have your even payments of $34.99 on a Series X, and you get Game Pass Ultimate and Live with that, which is a pretty good deal. If you already are like me, you have a PC and you have uh, Game Pass for PC for $9.99 a month, I wouldn't need that anymore if I had Game Pass Ultimate. So it's a really intriguing deal. Only problem, based on uh, what Bo and Kelly were saying, it is just the standard warranty. You're buying the console outright, so it's the same warranty as anybody else. It's uh, one year on the console, 90 days on the controller and the accessories. So that's it. Back to Bo and Kelly. But yeah, it sounds like a great deal. You're getting the system for 480 bucks within two years of paying off that 480 bucks. You know, like you don't have to pay it all at all at once. Yeah, because 480 bucks is a decent chunk of change for most people to pay out of pocket up front. Almost makes you like want to just do that. I'm sure they're probably pushing that too. And I think Xbox is going to sell really well, even though like they're sold out right now. I think they have stock coming in, whereas I've heard PlayStation's not going to have new stock anytime soon. Right. And that's, I mean, it's only been like, what, two, two days of this system being out. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw, like somebody was saying there was like a rumor video of smoke coming from systems. I don't think that's real. Uh, no. So, but also I really haven't heard anything bad from any, and I, I know like two or three people that bought them. I haven't heard anything bad that like anybody has said about the system yet. About um, the Xbox or the PS5? The, the Xbox, because the PS5 is just shipping now, I think. Okay. So it should be out. Yeah. It should be out by the time this podcast comes out. But as we're recording, I don't think it's really, or maybe it, was it today um, or tomorrow? I, I can't remember. But I, uh, I'm going to be waiting a little bit to get an Xbox, but eventually I'll get one. Me too. But, but yeah, talking about pickups and stuff, I did get a really big pickup. If you follow me on Instagram, uh, you would have seen the huge pickup. Uh, this has been something that I've been working on for like three years almost. I met a guy that is his wife is good friends with my sister and met him at a party at my sister's talked to him about video games. I was like, Oh my God, you know, so many video games, like old school retro JRPGs. And he's like, yeah, it's what I grew up on. I was like, do you still have these? He's like, yeah, I do go to his house like a year later, a few months later. I don't know. And I see this collection and he just has it in bins. He's like, yeah, I haven't played it in years. I'm like, I would love these games, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'll, I'll give them to a good home, you know, or I'll keep them, whatever. And he's like, eh, let me think about it. So put the word out there a long time ago. And then they just had their second kid and he was going over to my sister's house last week and I hit him up again. And I was like, hey, I'm going to be there as well. Can't wait to see you. If you thought about selling your games, bring them, you know, Friday night. 
And he texts me back and he's like, yeah, I'll bring them. Like hmm. I'm ready to sell. I was like, cool. And I threw out a number. That was a big number. Like I, I didn't get it for a steal or anything. Um, I paid a pretty penny, but it's also, you know, family friend and I didn't want to take advantage of anyone, but still got a good deal. But I got to sell so much to make that money back to keep the games that I still want to keep out right. of that collection, you know? Um, but yeah, got really good games. Like some of the games that were in that lot were Super Mario RPG, Lunar, Chrono Trigger, Pokemon Red, Secret of Mana, Ocarina of Time, The Gold Cart, Time Crisis for the PS2, Threads of Fate, and like so much more. Um, nice. Really good titles. Yeah. So I've been selling a lot of them on my sales page. I, I started a sales page, Kelly. I don't know if you follow it. <laughs> I do. Don't play me right. like that, boy. <laughs> Come on. I'm here to support you. But anyone that's not following it, it's uh, at retro underscore hustle. And uh, I found a really good website called pirateship.com that one of our past guests were talking about on his Instagram, Koozie Retro Video Games. Mm-hmm. He's talking about pirate ship. And I always thought that, you know, pirate ship and stamps.com and like all these websites, like actually. Like wanted your information, your credit card information, and then you had to pay like a month monthly fee or something to use their services. You don't with Pirate Ship. Yeah, Pirate Ship is legit. I've been using it for a little while now, and I used to use just PayPal, and it's way, 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 way better. Way better. Yeah. And it's like more user friendly because it like kind of automatically stores if you ship to that address yep. previously, like when you type. Which that I've part. already done, yeah. Yeah, it just saves you so much time. It like or it autofills for you. And then it's just way, way like more user friendly and the interface is way nicer than PayPal. And I feel like it's just like much better experience when it comes to buying shipping shipping labels and like easier to navigate to like if i had to reprint a label because it didn't print the first time it was way easier than like going back and like searching through my paypal or like if i had to cancel a label because i messed up or something you know like just way easier to navigate these like little things that occasionally happen when you are shipping a lot of stuff out so yeah, I totally recommend Pirate Ship if you uh ship a lot of things, if you ship a little things, like it's Yeah, really we're great. not we're not even sponsored by them. I'm just saying like from my own behalf that like this website has changed the game for me because if you remember like a few episodes ago, I was like eBay this, eBay that, like I love eBay, and it's mainly because I can ship all my labels from eBay and I get a discounted rate. Well, Pirate Ship Gives you a discounted rate and you can ship first class mail through them, which. Did you know you can port your eBay sales to uh, Pirate Ship as well? So you can also print from Pirate Ship for all of your eBay labels too. Is it cheaper on Pirate Ship? Uh, I don't, I don't think so, but it's yeah. just, it's, I mean, like if you already had, like say you had an eBay sale and also you were shipping out from a claim sale, mm-hmm. you could do it all without opening like two tabs or something. Like it's just a yeah, little absolutely. Easier. I mean. So like I even told my job, you know, about it because I work in the shipping area at the auto parts store that I work at because we sell a bunch of small stuff and we can't ship it USPS unless we ship it like in a priority box or something, you know, Mm -hmm. which we only have like certain boxes to ship out of with USPS. Like we should have them all, but we don't. So we can't do first class with them. So we always do FedEx and usually it's going to a business 
when it comes to like parts like bought over the phone and not through e- eBay. Mm-hmm. So if we have something that's under a pound, we still have to do a FedEx label and it's at minimum, if it's going to a business is $8 and 33 cents, right? Yeah. That's nuts. But if it's a four ounce package, it should be like under $3. Mm-hmm. So I just told them about pirate ship today because we were shipping like just like a little finger switch, like a window switch. It was under four ounces, like really small thing. And it was three bucks. It was like $2.99 to ship. I was like, this is great. Like you just saved five bucks on that. And they were super ecstatic about, they're like, this is crazy. Like, how did we not know about this? I'm like, I didn't know about it for the longest time. And like, I used to go into work a little bit later when I sold things on Instagram because I thought I had to, if I wanted to get that first class, you know, shipping price, I would have to go into the post office. But now with pirate ship, I literally can print the labels off and so easy. Like, I'm so happy. I hate that we're talking about so much and it's not an ad because we should be getting paid for this, but <laughs> hit us up, Pirate Ship. Yes. We know you're listening. I'm going to hit them up and ask. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, if you've been thinking about selling, especially like not just eBay, but like selling on Instagram or like, you know, locally and want to ship it, Pirate Ship is the way to go. Yeah, for sure. I yeah. agree. Hundred percent. Yes. So, last thing that I have on the agenda. Are you reading the agenda? I am reading the agenda. Stealing a kiosk? Question what? mark. What are you, Did you doing? See that? Yeah. What are you doing? Okay. So I had a vision. Okay. Not one of my kiosks. Okay. And I'm not endorsing this in any way. Maybe we'll take this out of the podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but what about calling up GameStop? Okay. And being like, hey, this is Nintendo of America. What? Okay. Uh, this is Greg speaking. You know, it's been three years, you know, since we dropped off the kiosk to you guys. We're going to come pick it up. Uh, drop off the, you know, like cut the cords, this and that. You guys can have the shell if you want. Or, you know, like we can just take it out for you to the, the dumpster. And like, you know, you talk to the manager and they're like, oh, okay. All right, cool. And you come the next day. And you're wearing a Nintendo fucking jacket that you bought on eBay or whatever for 60 bucks. And you fucking go in there with your fucking dolly. And you got two boys wearing Nintendo jackets. You introduce yourself as the same dude that called or like someone different. And you fucking dolly that bitch up and you throw in your fucking truck and you fucking go. (laughs) I feel like this would work in a sitcom. I feel like it would work until too many people get privy to it. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like a sounds like a risk I'm not willing to take. But all right, I mean, well, I need space for a Nintendo Switch kiosk. So <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm willing to take it. All I'm, I have right now is a Wii U jacket, though, so I don't know if they're going to let me in as that person. <laughs> You got to get a switch jacket. You got to be current then. Yeah, I got to get a red, a red jacket that says Nintendo. It's like a little name patch in the corner of the jacket. Just as great. Like you can definitely do this. Like, like literally, be like Bansky, but as a Nintendo person, oh you know. God. Okay, but like, like you're just gonna throw it in the back of your truck and drive away. They're not they're, gonna watch me. And they're just gonna be like, "Oh, okay, that's legit." GameStop employees are so lazy. Okay. So if you call, if you call, especially if you call the day before and you're like, hey, just so you know, this is Nintendo. 
It's not like they have Nintendo's line. They're, they're not giving that to GameStop employees. Hey, this is Reggie coming to pick up the kiosk. Yeah. <laughs> this is Reggie Jr. Oh, uh, Bowser. This is Bowser coming to pick up the kiosk. Yeah. Well, no, that would be unlikely. <laughs> but what would be likely is like, hey, just make sure that it's cleared around it. You know, all this. We're going to come in with two guys and, and bring it out. Why would they be removing the Switch kiosk right now? It's their current gen console. You'd have to wait till it's closer when they announce another. No, it's been three years. And they don't own it. Nintendo owns it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They don't own it. Okay. What they own is the properties inside of it. Like what they would do. I get you. They don't want the actual shell of the kiosk. So what they would usually do is they would take the system. They'll maybe take like, no, they won't even take the TV screen. They'll just take the system. They'll cut the cords on the controllers. Mm Mm-hmm. And they'll call it a day. Right. They're like, the system is ours. That's the easy part. Because they don't want to do any back labor work. But we're the new Nintendo of America that has dollies and straps and a Nissan Frontier out back. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) we'll pick that shit up for you. All away kiosks. Yeah. You could, you know what? You could start a business. And instead of being that like, you know, we haul your junk kind of business just be like we haul your kiosks we're nintendo of america nintendo junior and we haul your kiosks honestly i feel like i could pick up seven seven kiosks in a day okay you how about you give it a shot get your switch jacket get your boys with Uh, matching switch jackets and uh you can report back and we'll see how that's going for you (laughs) and if you don't hear from me can you keep this podcast going (laughs) Do they have lines in jail that we could use Zencaster? <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely no, not. Definitely people in jail that have podcasts. We could do this. There's no wait. There's people in jail that have podcasts. There's people in jail that have blogs. There has to be a people in jail that have. There's podcasts. no way. There has to be. There has to be. No. There has to be. No. Yeah. I, I, All right. I'll I, look I, it up. I I feel like I I don't know. Uh, Should like, we take all this out? Did, I don't know. Did I say too much? I don't know. Did Did you uh-huh. say too much? Well, I feel like I'm going to give people ideas and then they're going to blame me and the podcast for it. Uh, hey, t- here's the disclaimer at the end of the show. This is all hypothetical. Don't do it, kids. Don't do it. <laughs> and to, to quote one of my favorite YouTube channels right now, Unis Honest, hey now. Don't try this at home. Yes. I don't know. I think it's an easy way to get a new kiosk. But <laughs> <laughs> honestly, honestly, especially because GameStop employees are so done with their lives right now. Like they're just so done with their job. They they don't care. I, I feel that like I feel that for them and I understand where they're coming from. Yeah. I feel bad for a lot of them that are being overworked, underpaid and understaffed and just being treated poorly by the public, I feel for you. And that goes for anybody working retail right now, honestly. And it's about to get worse because everybody's going to be a jerk during Christmas. And I'm so sorry for all the people who are jerks, just preemptively. It was terrible. Yeah, I agree. Well, do you want to close it off? Yeah, uh, before we close it off, yeah, uh, prison podcast definitely exists. Okay. According Good. to my Google search. So Good to know. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's see. We got 
Um, we want to thank our editor, Sam, first of all, for always working super Sam, hard. Sam, thank you so much. And helping us out and making us sound really good and taking out our stupid stuff that we say to take out. And uh, second, we'd like to thank On Budget Services for hosting our website, Precisely.live. Uh, go check it out if you have not yet. Get some merch. Get some merch for other people for Christmas or any holiday. We got stickers. So if you order merch, I'll send you stickers privately. Yeah, stickers. They're great. And we want more stickers. But uh, yeah, I also added uh, something off of Anchor. Uh, you probably heard our advertisement in the beginning of this podcast episode uh, about Anchor. It was supposed to be cute and funny. I hope but, we uh, did that well. But there's also a link at the bottom of our description that you can click on. So if you want to donate any money towards the podcast, we would love it. Like, we're not going to shy away from it. Uh, we love doing this. We love bringing this to, to you guys, our listeners, our fans. And it'd be nice to know that you guys care enough to donate a dollar or two. You know, even if you don't want to join the Patreon and do a monthly thing, you can go through Anchor and donate a couple bucks here and there. And it would help us because we're just going to put it right back into the podcast. And the next thing that we need is new stickers. So, yeah. yeah fun stickers. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah, thank you, Bo. I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you, too. I'm happy that you're married. I'm happy that I'm married, too. I'm happy that you're not the bride-to-be Frankenstein on the last podcast. That's true. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, play play a short hike. You'll like that. I think I will go look it up after this. Yeah, do it. For sure. And then I'll text you some other games that I think you might like too. Yeah. But if if anybody has any recommendations, you can hit me up. Uh, my Instagram is Highway to Kel. Um, let me know. Like I said, uh, current gen, previous gens, retro, whatever. It's something to spark it. Get it back and pull me in. Yeah. Play some God of War too. Yeah. I probably will. Yeah. All right. Well, enjoy everyone. Have a good night. Drink some beer and we'll see you soon. Yeah. We out. We out. My finger just got wet. Bye.